Government was created to be of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that means everything we do is for the benefit of the people that we serve. And attacking each other relentlessly, that doesn't help people at all. Instead, that distracts from the real reason government was created. Welcome to Creating Community, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and others together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We normally record this podcast at 1820 Coffee House in the heart of Alvin, Texas. However, we're recording this episode at the Alvin Manville Chamber of Commerce, still in Alvin. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. You can use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. In this episode of Creating Community, we're speaking with Councilman Dan Davis of Manville, Texas. Dan is in his first term as city council. Dan is in his first term as city councilman for the city of Manville. We're excited to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your background. I, we know you're married and you have two kids, but... Just tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, give you guys a brief brief summary here. So uh, first off, thank you for having me on. I love what you guys are are doing with this and what you're building at 1820. It's uh, what's your slogan at 1820? It's building community one cup creating, at a time. Creating community. creating community one cup at a time. And I, I love that. Um, that's kind of been the theme of my life. Um, growing up, never lived at the same place for I think more than three or four years. So always kind of moved wow. around. Was born. In California, I've lived in Washington State, Wisconsin, Texas a few times, up in Boston as well. So everywhere that I've gone, I've had to create my own little community. And it's, it's fun, but challenging at the same time. So we, uh, we've lived in Manville for a little over three years now. We uh, bought our first home here, uh, my wife and I, Erica. We've been married for coming up nine years in January. And then we have two kids, their ages six and four. And what was really special to us about Manville was it's 15 minutes from where my parents used to live. It has this slower pace of life, but it's also close to the amenities as well. And yep. at the time, my father-in-law lived up in Wisconsin. And so this provided us an opportunity where he could come and live with us, be close to his grandkids. So it was really, it was really cool. So my wife and I, we got married whenever I was 18 wow. and she was 20. Wow. Okay. So we got married super, super young and, uh, all my friends in high school, they would always ask me, they would say, Dan, is she pregnant? Like what's, <laughs> what's going on? What's going on here? But uh, I'm a firm believer that when you know, you know, and yeah. why wait, if you can make that commitment to each other and you can enter that covenant with each other, it's a special thing to have. So we got married when I was 18, she was 20. Five days later, we moved off to college. We did two and a half years at seminary. My son was born. We then uh, moved overseas for a while where we were missionaries in Japan for eight months. Wow. My daughter was born while we were in Japan. So it was uh, kind of a crazy life. We moved wow. back to America and here I am sitting in Alvin, Texas with the both of you. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and so, but, and I, I know just recently you finished your degree, right? Correct. So I graduated from Oral Roberts University with a uh, major in government, minor in business, graduated with honors. And uh, the seminary school that we went to, it's a non-accredited university. But what they've done is they've set up affiliation agreements with other schools. So you could transfer a certain amount of credits over to one of those schools. And then you can pursue whatever degree that you want to pursue to get that accredited degree 
So if you want to get your master's or you want to get your PhD, you can go ahead and do that. So the seminary program was complete for lack of a better, like you completed the seminary. Yeah, we, uh, it was two and a half years. So we, uh, got our associates technically, but we didn't get our bachelor's quote unquote bachelor's from seminary because the, uh, I guess you could say the major track that we did would have required us to live overseas for six months at that time. And my son was only four months old. So it really just didn't work out then. Gotcha. So what was attractive to Japan? You said Japan is where you went for your missionary work. Yes, sir. So what was attractive about Japan that took you there? So uh, there were a few different things. We met a couple at seminary who were from Japan. They came there to get the training that they wanted to get and then moved back to start a church and start a coffee shop. Um, We're also, as Christians, we believe that uh, God can speak to us in different ways, that God is still actively speaking to us. And one of the ways that he can speak to us is uh, through possibly interactions that we experience or events that occur. And just everywhere in our life, different things we were experiencing, it was just Japan. We would meet someone on the street and they're from Japan. We would be driving down the road and all of a sudden, you know, in the middle of, you know, this country town in Texas, you would see a billboard for Japan. And it's like, all right, this is kind of weird. Why are we all of a sudden seeing these things for Japan? And we just prayed about it. We said, God, our lives are meant to serve you. We want to represent you in everything that we do. Do you want us to go to Japan for a period of time? And we felt peace in our hearts to do that. We didn't know how long we were going to be there for. It turned out to be eight months and uh, one of the most challenging, but also the most rewarding experiences of our life. Yeah. I, wow. Yes, I, I bet. So how does your faith play into the transition to government work? <laughs> um, what some people might call soulless. <laughs> um, some people, not us. Not a, but uh, obviously your faith plays a role in your life, period. How, did it, how does it affect the way you govern? <laughs> well, it, it's, a, it's a great question because it's something that's debated at all levels of government. And to take a step back, I grew up in a very apolitical family. Never really watched the news, never talked about politics. I was never in student council, was never an Eagle Scout, just didn't do the typical things that somebody that has this desire to be involved in government would do, so to say, the status quo. When we moved back from Japan, it was 2016, and we all know what was happening in 2016. And I've always had a desire to help people. Driving down the street, you see someone homeless, this, this yearning in my heart to say, what can I do for them? How can I help them? So always wanted to be involved in a way to help people, but didn't know what that, what that was. Uh, started watching that, uh, that show on Netflix called, uh, the, the, I think it's uh, The Crown is what it's called. Yep. So I haven't been able to keep up with it. It's, it's been a little bit. But watching that and seeing what was happening in 2016 and how divisive politics was, how divisive things were getting in our country, where it was no longer debating issues, but it was purposefully and intentionally tearing each other down. To me, how is there any benefit in that? Government was created to be of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that means everything we do is for the benefit of the people that we serve. And attacking each other relentlessly, that doesn't help people at all. Instead, that distracts from the real reason government was created. So I'm a firm believer that it's principle over policy, 
that you can have a strong moral character in office while also implementing solid policy positions. And you hear people discuss in this debate about how does your Christian faith influence government. You hear the debate of separation of church and state. When Thomas Jefferson, who was the originator of that statement, wrote about that, he wrote about that to a church specifically to state that government will never force a religion on you. But as somebody that's an office holder or somebody that serves in government, you can still exercise your religion. You can still exercise your First Amendment right, and you can still use that to influence your decisions. Regardless of whether or not you're a Christian or whether or not you believe there's a God, we can look at the teachings of Jesus and say there are principles and lessons that will make us better people and will make our society a better society, such as love above all else, treat others as you want to be treated, um, fight for justice, stand for mercy, take care of the widows and the orphans. So that's what drives me. That aspect of my Christian faith drives me. And then for my wife and I, anything that we do in our life, we always put it to prayer. And we say, Ephesians 5.1 says that we're supposed to be imitators of God as dear children. So in everything I want it, I do, I want to be imitating Christ. I want to be imitating God. And so we pray about it. And we get what we say in the Christian faith as our answer from God. And so if times get tough, if, you know, kind of the ups and downs, the roller coaster of life, if we both know that's the direction that God has had us take, then we are in unity and we are at peace. That whatever's going to happen, it's going to be okay because we know this is the direction. That doesn't mean it's not going to be tough. That yeah. doesn't mean it's not going to be challenging. But we always have that to fall back on, which I think is this foundation that the house can be built upon. Absolutely. So having that strong foundation in your belief, do you think that has helped you in your government role? Because it's like you said, it's one of those things where people are constantly looking at how they can judge you or what you're doing wrong, those kind of things. Do you think that's helped you? Oh, absolutely. Politics can be a, uh, a very fickle industry in a sense. Um, it can be driven by vanity it can be driven by selfishness. And the things that I do, I don't look for affirmation from people. In politics, affirmation from people drives everything. Yeah, right. So a political strategy that's employed is if you want to get a certain politician to vote the way you want them to vote, rally the community, have the community come to the meeting, speak on behalf of the issue you want and the side that you want, and the politician will usually cave because of public pressure. Everything I do is driven by a higher purpose. It's driven by a calling that I believe that God's placed in my life. So obviously I want to help people. I want to meet their needs. I want to help them through difficult times, whether that be helping them get internet access to their house, filling a pothole in front of their, in front of their yard, fixing a drainage issue that's nearby that causes them uh, difficulties. I want to do that. But if they don't like me, that's okay. You don't have to like me. I'm still going to be here for you. Yeah. Because the only person in life that I look for affirmation from is God. 
And the way I've positioned my attitude in politics specifically, and this is why I I think it helps me be a better politician, and even just anything in life, a better father, a better husband, a better son, friend, community member, real estate agent, is whether I'm speaking in front of thousands or I'm speaking in front of a few, I'm only speaking before an audience of one, and that's God. And so at the end of the day, as long as I know that I've done everything that I can do, as long as I know that I've done it the right way, if everybody else rejects me in life or turns their back on me, I know that God's never going to do that as long as I've done things the right way. And that's the principles that I was talking about earlier. Standing for truth, fighting for justice, standing by the side of mercy, taking care of the orphans and the widows. That's what drives me. And I think that really helps me better serve my community. Yeah, I like that. I I think it is important. And I think that a lot of people have lost sight of that, especially as politicians nowadays. It's much more about getting the votes and it's got less to do with doing good and more to do with getting reelected. Obviously doing good can be a benefit and help you get reelected. But to me, you put the cart before the horse of just trying to get reelected. You're missing a step and it's not the way it should be done. And this, this isn't a recent phenomenon. So it didn't just start in 2016. It's been happening for, for years and years and years. It's just now with news outlets, with social media, with the internet, it's just amplified. It is. It is. It's just amplified. So I don't necessarily point fingers at saying this is the singular cause of the issues that are ailing our society. It's been issues that have been prevalent, but just have been undercurrents that are now on the forefront. That's very true. Yeah. Well, this is a good point to take a break. And then after we come back from our sponsors, we're going to talk a little bit about what it takes to work in the city of Manville. (laughs) If you have marketing needs, we can help. Whether you're looking for business cards, brochures, a website, or digital advertising, 1820 Marketing can help you and your business take your business to the next level. During this exceedingly difficult time of the world pandemic, businesses should focus more on marketing, not less. If you have tried marketing on your own and haven't found it successful to the point that you're looking for, try something different. You can contact 1820 Marketing using our website at 1820marketing.com. And now back to the show. So we were talking about your move into the political world. What does your family as growing up as an apolitical family, as you put it, how do they feel about you getting into politics at this point? It's, uh, it's been interesting to, to say the least. Um, everybody's generally been supportive of it. I have one uncle who was very heavily involved in politics back in the day. And uh, some things happened, and um, we'll just say it's, uh, it didn't end on a good note for him and what he was involved. So he's always provided me some, this is the reality of the situation. This is what might happen. you got to be prepared, worst-case scenario. But generally, my family's been very supportive of it. It's had its challenges at time, balancing everything that you have to balance. Because it, being an elected official is a huge responsibility. But specifically in Manville, we don't get paid. And even if I did get paid, I wouldn't take the money. I'd give it away, do something with it, um, because it's not why I do it. Um, So I still have to work full time, provide for my family, still have other commitments, 
most importantly, I'm a husband, I'm a father. So that takes precedent over all things. But being on city council is a huge responsibility and it deserves a good portion of my time, my skill set, and my resources. And thankfully, my family's been there and we've worked through the bumps and my wife has been extremely supportive of it. My parents have been praying for me and have been encouraging. I have friends that I trust. Um, I have uh, what I refer to as a group of people like they're a a good way to describe it is they're just a inner circle of people who at a moment's notice, I can send them a text and I can say, I need you guys just be praying for this or I need help with something. Can you guys help me with something? And they'll jump to it and they'll be right there because we've made that commitment to each other to be there for each other. So all of that's been really good. And then we disagree politically. <laughs> um, we have discussions. Uh, a lot of it happens through text. And so, um, I try not to text about it too much because then you just go around in circles. But I think it's good to have disagreements. It's good to have different perspectives because iron sharpens iron. I never want to be just in an echo chamber of my own ideas, not bashing any sort of new social media phenomenon called parlor by any means. (laughs) But I never want to be in an echo chamber. And so thankfully, my family challenges me. My wife uh, definitely challenges me but it's a healthy challenge. And so it's been, it's been overall good had its difficulties, but it's been good. Yeah. I, I heard a quote the other day that said, uh, if you want to change the world, don't talk to your friends, talk to your enemies. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're talking to friends in text, but yet it, you're not just saying how awesome is this? Oh, it's awesome. It's great. You actually want to hear different opinions. And one of the things that I will say about you is that I've noticed uh, you're very active on Facebook as far as posting uh, agenda items, posting kind of decisions to how you arrived at decisions and I'll see the responses and you always have, I'm not gonna say bullet pointed, but you have good thought out responses to uh, citizens concerns. How do you find the time to do that? Cause again, you're not getting paid to be a city councilman. So you're having to work full time doing other things. And like you said, be a husband and father. But when you respond to something on social media, of all things, it is thought out and prepared. It's not just because I said so. You know, It's a lot of typing it out, deleting, typing it out, <laughs> deleting, sure. running it by the wife. Social media, for those that are listening to this that are younger in life than y'all or myself, once it's out there on social media, even though you might click delete, it's out there. People are taking, taking screenshots of it. They're saving it. They're filing it away. So it's never going away, no matter what anybody might tell you. It's always going to be there. So a piece of it is a lot like what y'all do. You guys run a few businesses. You guys do this. Um, you have families yourself. You have spouses. You compartmentalize, and you, you, have to, you have to segment it. So every in my calendar, every morning and evening, I have time that is scheduled every day for prayer. Then I segment out if there's times that I focus on things. So I'll put in my calendar like the fifth of every month is when I plan out my social media posts for the month. On the um, second Monday and fourth Monday of the month, reminder in my calendar to go to the city's website to review any new agenda that's posted on the website. Not just city council agendas, but MEDC, which is our Economic Development Council, uh, PD&Z, 
which is planning, development, or zoning, or whatever it might, else it might be. And if you schedule your time out accordingly, if you block off appropriate segments, it creates the ability where you can give what you need to give to the appropriate things, and most importantly, at the appropriate time. Good point. Without having to hyper focus on them or focus on things when you knowing that it's going to come up and you're going to have time to, to, to deal with that. And you don't sacrifice. You don't have to sacrifice in a yes, there's a sacrifice, of course. But I'm not sacrificing unnecessary time because I'm efficient in what I'm doing. So, one of my previous jobs, we looked at processes and we said, how do you eliminate waste from this process? Unnecessary time, unnecessary steps. So that way you can streamline the process to get from point A to point B or Z, whatever it was, as quick as possible, but with a high quality of care and um, work that's put into it. That same principle can be applied in everything we do in life. How do I become the most efficient in what I do? So that way, it opens up other time to be able to give it to what's really important in life, which is your family, which is your friends, which is experiencing this beautiful life and this beautiful world that we've been given. If we just slave away at work all of our life, being inefficient in what we do, and you might love what you do, but you're going to miss out on so many things. I don't ever want to look back and say, I wish I could have. I wish I would have. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything possible to take advantage of what's in front of me with the opportunities that I've been given. Have there been times that I've regretted things? Absolutely. Are there going to be times that I regret things? Of course. But if I know that I'm giving it the best that I can, I can rest easy at night. For, For those that don't know what goes on city council, what type of things does a city councilman do or city councilwoman not much. We just kind of sit there and say yes or no. That's that's pretty much it. Um. Well, I would say that one of the things that I find fascinating is that people don't understand the difference between the different governing bodies, right. even, even taxing bodies. I know the city of Alvin gets calls about how high the taxes are with the school district. <laughs> well, that's got yes. nothing to do with it. You know, it's two totally different entities. Right. And people don't or don't want to understand that there's a difference. And it seems like municipal government, city of Manville, is a, a pinch point for that. Like, I'm going to call the city of Manville, and they're going to take care of whatever it is, whether it's state, school, whatever, you know. So There's, there's three things. Um, one is that uh, as a politician, the best thing that you can do is to be a connector. It's to build relationships to build networks. So that way, when you don't know the answer to something, which is going to be 99.9% of the time, you know either where to get the answer or who to send the person that came to you with help that needs help, where to send them to so that way they can get the help that they they need. Um, The other thing with being an elected official, and it's... It's kind of a a pro and con uh, to really being an elected official is that uh, you have to rely very heavily on staff. And it's very important to have the right staff members in place. And 
to do that, that means that there has to be a trust that is built. And the only way that trust can be built is by time. And that means that a person has to be committed and passionate about what they do because there's a time investment that's involved. The other two things that I I try to teach people is that where a lot of work gets done is at the local level. So that's uh, school board, uh, community college, board of regents, council, even your HOA and your mud board, uh, which is a municipal utility district, or your ESD, which is your emergency surface district. So explain those. MUD is an entity that's created, has a taxing ability that allows a developer to build what they need to build, and it saves the city the cost from raising taxes to have to build it. And ESD is for cities that don't have the revenue capacity to fund the fire department, ambulances, etc. So another taxing entity, a separate one is created to fund those services. Well, that's where a lot of the work gets done. There's important conversations that happen at the state level, happen at the federal level, but it's the county, it's the cities where issues that you will feel the impact after the vote is cast next week, depending on what it is. So to understand that places a bigger significance on the elections that happen. And that brings me into the final thing to kind of speak to what you were saying, Jake, is it is extremely, extremely important to have people that are engaged in the process. I never just want to look for people's votes because that's just a one time, I'm going to sell you who I am, you're going to cast a vote, and then you're going to pull it back. I want people to be engaged in the process because as they're engaged, as these partnerships are formed, it will create a better community. And that's what you guys talk about. You guys talk about community. I don't want to build a better city. A city is just this legal jurisdiction that's drafted by the state and is in plats and development plans. A city is nothing without people. And a people form the community. And a community is nothing without a self-determined drive towards excellence and decency. And the way that we create that is through engagement. It's through partnership. It's through enabling these people to create something better for themselves. That's what I really look to do. And, and, you know, Dorian, as you were saying, what's involved in city council? It's taking a step back and it's saying, I'm going to listen. What do you need? What can I do in my position to help you? You share that with me and let's talk about that. Let's see how we can make that happen. There's absolutely ideas that you want to bring to the table. There's skill sets that you have and unique gifts and tools that you've been given that you want to take full advantage of. But the best way to help is by listening. And the best way to serve is by responding. But it's responding through a proactive manner rather than a reactive manner. Mm-hmm. Many times in government, it's knee-jerk reactions to it's things. Reactive, absolutely. <laughs> and that, absolutely reactive. You know, we've, thankfully, we've had, um, I guess you could say, situations in life that you have to react to, such as Hurricane Harvey, which we all experienced. Yep. But since then, there have been proactive steps that have continually been taken to prepare us for the future. So it's a way to respond, but respond in a proactive manner. Sure. I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that is quite possibly the best way to wrap this up. I really appreciate uh, you coming on. And if people wanted to reach out to you, how can they find out more about you? 
Absolutely. So I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, it's uh, Dan from Manville. Is, uh, if you type that in, it'll pull up my Facebook page. You can also find me on Instagram. And then uh, I also have a website, which is dandavisjr.com. Uh, so you can check me out on my website. Um, it has information where you can reach out to me. Uh, I do my best to make myself accessible 24-7, but the wife likes me to cut that off at cut that off you gotta have some time at home sure yeah you gotta have some balance you gotta have some boundaries right and and we didn't get into it but you're also a realtor as well so yes we gotta we gotta put that plug out there so i'm a i'm a real estate agent and uh, the reason i got involved in real estate is a lot like the reason why i got involved in politics i want to help people the home buying and selling process the land development process the leasing a commercial space as you guys do for 1820 coffee it can be stressful absolutely well Mm -hmm. i want to be a lighthouse that guides the boats to shore whenever there's a storm. That's the analogy that I use for real estate is I want to make it just a little bit less stressful. I want to communicate a little bit more. I want to be proactive in providing you information. I want to educate you. So that way you just feel just a little bit more at peace as you're going through this very nerve wracking monumental time in your life. So I'm also on Facebook. My name is Dan Davis for Remax American Dream. And you can find me on Facebook for that. I try to do education posts, but also just general promotional posts to advertise my business. But reach out to me. I'm always here to help. Even if I don't necessarily represent you, maybe you live in Pearland or Alvin or somewhere else. If there's a way that I can help you out, I'll do my best. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming by, Dan. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. I really appreciate you you having me on and, and starting this podcast. I think it's great. I've been listening to the episodes and I love it so far. I listened to the one that you guys did with uh, Amy Shelton talking about living a healthy lifestyle. I felt convicted after that. So I had to go eat a gallon of ice cream because I felt so bad about myself. (laughs) All right. Well, you can contact Amy. Uh, Her contact info (laughs) is in that podcast. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Creating community is available on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to help us out, a review would be greatly appreciated as it is honestly the best way to help the podcast be heard by others. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast.